I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Lou of Yahoo Sports Canada. And this week, we have writer at large, Katie Heindel. Hi, Will. Hi, everyone. <laughs> you seem so pleased with the writer at large I am very title. pleased. You, you're, you, you write at many places. I do, and it really saved you having to read a bunch of bylines. Yes. So, yes. It's an impressive title, so I like it. <laughs> yeah. Read, uh, read uh, you know, everything you write. But definitely <laughs> basketball feelings. I don't know. Okay. All right. So, we're going to cover some news and notes off top before we go into um, our five most interesting Raptors heading into the season. So, right before um, we got together in this room, in this boardroom, it's not even a boardroom, this is like meeting room. I feel like this is where they take people to get fired. Yeah, you're right. This is eerie. I've been here. No, okay. But we're doing well in here. Yes, definitely. Please don't fire the podcast. Um <laughs> But yeah, before we got into this uh, firing room, we <laughs> got the report from Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports that uh, Pascal Siakam is a virtual lock, as he described it, to get a deal completed before the deadline, and it'll probably be something very close to the maximum contract. Are you cool with Pascal getting the max? Yeah, I think so. As opposed to saying like, "Oh, is it too soon?" Like, is yeah. It, mm, no, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I think like if everybody, it's not a surprise or a secret that he's the guy that they're going to build up the franchise around. Mm -hmm. So just make that known like well in advance. Also, just because I think it's way more incentivizing to give him that now that he will potentially want to come back later. Okay. Versus I think all the teams that are going to end up sniffing around after this season. If he's anything like he was last season, after the end of the season, you know, I think his worth is going to skyrocket in the league. So, yeah, give him the max. Pay pay the guy. Yeah. 
No, I mean, in general, uh, pay the players. Uh, because if it's not the players getting it, it's just owners pocketing the money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, much <laughs> rather give it to Pascal. Uh, I, I guess the calculus here for the Raptors is that, you know, yes, if you don't sign him now, you can have flexibility next summer to maybe do something. But I thought, honestly, after they signed Kyle Lowry for, like, you know, a very generous $30 million, I would say, um, it's already kind of signaled out there that, like, we don't really have big plans for 2020. Because if you really did, you yeah. wouldn't really be signing Kyle Lowry to that big of a number. You might look to stretch that number out over multiple years. And so, clearly, they don't have that big of an intention next summer. And, you know, okay, so, but whatever. Flexibility is still flexibility. I, I guess the only concern I have is, like, you know, another team could come in and sort of offer him, like, a offer sheet that's, like, three plus one. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, if Pascal signs that deal, then the Raptors can still match. So, sure, he's not going anywhere. But all of a sudden, you're going from five guaranteed years to Pascal to, mm-hmm. like, three years plus a chance that he goes into unrestricted free agency a mm-hmm. little bit earlier. So, if I'm the Raptors, I might just look at it like Pascal is, what, 25 right now? Yeah. You sign a five-year deal after this year. It takes him to when he's 30, 31. You know, why not? Why not? And do you really believe in Pascal? Because, I I, I mean, I guess that's the question the Raptors have, but I guess they've seen him obviously much closer than anyone else has mm-hmm. outside of the organization. And, like, if they believe in Pascal, then shit. I don't know. I mean, There's no I reason think not to. It's true. And I think, like, for more of what we see in, like, contracts, even if they are, like, longer five-year contracts, they're still all – they all still feel essentially like three-year contracts because someone, especially for a player like yeah. Pascal, a team's probably going to be willing to, like, pick up the last bit of his contract yeah you know the last remaining part of it but i mean personally not as a raptors fan but as a fan of like pascal and just player autonomy in general Mm -hmm. i think three years is always like a good option yeah because it shows the team's dedication to developing him yes and to like investing in him but then it also gives him the flexibility and freedom of like to still have the choice to if he wanted to go somewhere else for like pretty much like peak years of his career not the 30 like in this league 30 we've seen like can be really old it could still have like you could yeah. still have a couple good years but for a player like pascal i don't know i think uh for me personally he's someone i would just hope like always keeps his options a little bit open wow wow but as a raptors <laughs> fan selfishly i want him to sign a lifetime contract <laughs> no i'm happy honestly if the raptors organization wants to show pascal he's a priority mm-hmm. and they want to take care of him early on and they want to show that they believe in him then it's not necessarily about like savings because like yo you're asking a max guy to take like two million off but like i don't know man players get overpaid all the time like pat mccall has like a like a oh yeah four million dollars a year i mean like i'd rather <laughs> give pascal another two million than than sit and then you know save another two million off another guy like it's just mm-hmm. you know and i think it's like it. It's long-term investing, too, right? Because, like, you could say, like, oh, you know, ostensibly you've only got a a contract on paper for three years. But, like, that's the way that you – that's the way that you do incentivize players to want to come back to your team. For sure. you show them, you're like, we're not actually scared of losing you. We trust that, like, you'll make the correct decision for yourself. But, like, you know, here's all the ways that we've supported you, like, throughout your, like, entire career. His entire career at this Mm -hmm. point, right? So, I don't know. I think there's a lot to be said for trust and, like – the Raptors always sort of operate that way as, yeah. as far as like franchise moves, which is I think extremely respectable Yeah, and why they're a great player fave. And if we're going to be a hundred percent honest about everything, <laughs> Toronto is still Toronto. Yeah. And as much as there's still a stigma 
Like, as much as, okay, they won a championship, there is still a stigma attached to players wanting to come here. I don't think it affects non-American players the same way. I think if you're American, you probably want to stay in America. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, we're, we're still Toronto. So, five years, I'm happy with it. To be honest, I would have been happy with it either way. If they kept the flexibility, mm-hmm. whatever, that's fine. But if they sign them, it's obviously Pascal's clearly the, the franchise player here. Um it seems like, and that's the same article with Chris Haynes. He also detailed some other contract situations where one guy he highlighted was Buddy Heald, who has already been pretty vocal in the fact that he wants to get an extension done. Mm-hmm. And I love the, Buddy. The Kings seem like they don't love Buddy and his slightly oversized teeth as much as uh, <laughs> Buddy might love Buddy. Uh, or so I love Buddy. <laughs> they're not offering Buddy like what they what 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 he wants. He they're offering him something about a hundred and ten million. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, they're offering him a ninety million over four years, and he wants one hundred and ten. So that's a pretty sizable gap. Um, maybe they still reach an agreement. Maybe they don't. But if you know, if Buddy becomes available in trade or things like that, I feel like he would fit Toronto very, very, very nicely. I don't even want. Like I kind of just got, just imagining it. I got very he's a excited. Great fit. Yeah, he is a great fit, but he's a fit that I've like never let myself imagine. Mm. Uh, on Toronto because I've I've loved Buddy from afar for as long as I can remember. Wow! But he is a great fit. He's like a good. I think like in terms of like the energy, mm-hmm. if we want to uh, maybe seek into guys who are showing a little less energy than desirable mm. on the roster this year. Oh, we'll get to that after this. Buddy, nice little breadcrumb though. That's, that's <laughs> Buddy, perfect. Buddy would be. A phenomenal fit, absolutely, for the team. But I don't know. Can I get? Can we get our hopes up like that? I would say okay. Well, you know what gives me optimism in this case is that you have Vladi Divac running the Kings, mm-hmm. and I think Vladi is very proud of being Serbian, proud and he has one of the best Serbian players in the world on his team, in Bogdan Bogdanovic, who happens to be playing. Back up to Buddy Heald right now, and they're both hitting for agency at the same time. Yes, and I feel like if he had to choose, he might lead more towards Bogdanovich. Yeah, that's so, true. You know, the Kings is a strange franchise. It's definitely like, it's been a Raptors graveyard, but then also a resurrector because like mm-hmm. guys yeah, yeah. that land there, like Rudy, don't yeah. play that well, but well enough to get a decent contract and like ping pong somewhere else, and then go on to have like really good years. So. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like a... Is it a purgatory? <laughs> I feel like saying the Kings are a weird franchise is very fitting because I still remember they signed Chuck Hayes oh, yeah. for a four-year <laughs> deal to essentially be DeMarcus Cousins' parent. <laughs> like, that's... And then they immediately traded uh, Haynes to uh, mm-hmm. Toronto, obviously, in that Rudy Gay deal. Um yeah, they just make strange decisions in general, I feel like. and um, it's, a, it's a weird one. It's and, a really weird franchise. Yeah, and in the case of Buddy, like he's pretty good. Like First yeah. off, he never gets injured. He played 82 games as a rookie, 80 as uh, a sophomore, and last year, 82 again. So he's missed two games total his mm-hmm. entire career so far. Last year, obviously, was a breakout year for him. To be honest, he was a most improved candidate almost on the scale of Pascal. Almost. All right. I think Pascal deserved it, definitely, but... I think Buddy honestly deserves it more than like someone like you know, um, named D'Angelo Russell for example, who ended up finishing oh, yeah. second. Like Buddy went from thirteen point five points per game to twenty point seven. He was one of the most prolific three point shooters in the league. He shot forty three percent on eight attempts per game, 
and you know he i think he really flourished in an up-tempo style of game i think his playmaking is really starting to show a little bit too mm-hmm. he really knows how to operate off the ball like he's really a classic shooting like two guard he can attack the rim a little bit too i don't think he has like the he's not that athletic but i mean he's like he's got a quickness though he does like, have a quickness a he has a good quickness. first step yeah. he gets past people and obviously because he's moving so much and because he's such a threat to shoot defenders are almost always trying to catch up to him mm-hmm. and so he can get by he can turn the corner on people and he would be a nice fit. I don't know, man. It's a great cultural fit, too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Buddy. Buddy, We're come talking to Toronto. To you. Come on, buddy. <laughs> we, we got money. The Raptors got money, kind of. Got a little bit. Yeah. We got the we got Buddy Healed money. Yeah, we got we, we definitely have Buddy Healed money. Um, <laughs> speaking of what you said earlier, in terms of players not playing hard, so mm-hmm. I just got back from practice where Nick Nurse, so we were talking about this before the show, Nick Nurse is not a guy that goes in on people. It just hasn't happened yet. Maybe because yeah. last year there was no reason to. Like, who, are you really gonna like tear into Jeremy Lin for <laughs> really being really really bad? Uh, or you know, you know, you probably just want to keep it moving. You want to keep the ship yeah. steady. But yeah, today at practice, just now, he was sort of asked about how the younger guys are fitting into sort of how the Raptors defend. Because he was talking about you know the identity of this team is that we're gonna defend really hard and then share the ball in offense, right? And so they're asked, you know, what about the newer guys? You know, it's like Stanley Johnson. He's known as a defensive guy. Rondé's known as a defensive guy. How they fit in. And Nick, I was surprised. He was pretty blunt. He was like, look, man, you come to Toronto, you got to play hard. And you got to defend. You got to play with intensity. I don't think people understood that. But now that they're here, Mm -hmm. they need to do that. And they haven't done that yet. Mm -hmm. And there are open roster spots, but none of them have stood out to me yet. I want to find the quote exactly. Which is, you know, pretty uh, forthcoming. It's a for, little bit damning for for Nick Nurse to say, especially because you just don't expect guys to get ripped in preseason. Yeah, because they had training camp. It was in Quebec City. Then they flew all the way across the road to Tokyo. They did a whole bunch of promotional events. Then they flew all the way back. They played one random game against Chicago. Which, if you <laughs> went to that game, uh, God bless you. You are a true diehard Raptor fan. Um, but, you know, if you went to that game, you also know that that game was not very uh, well played. And so, I don't know. I just feel like it's a little bit soon. But I also appreciate Nick Nurse for saying this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like last season, he was such like, even in the defeats, like kind of an affable. Yeah. Affable always. guy. I was always. just like, well, I have like a, I'm affecting a twang. That's good. That's good. Very good. <laughs> He's from Iowa. Well, well, you know, we just got to get out there and. Play a little harder. They whooped us, or like something to that extent. Sound like you're from the '70s. I know. Like I don't. This, know. I don't the, know where the 30s, I went. Maybe got real char- character. Got method. Um, but he never. He never kind of came out in these in a hot way mm-hmm. to just be like, uh, uh-uh. yeah. like these, these. It's not. I don't know. Nobody's cutting it. So I feel like there must be some kind of, you know, like a tea kettle. He's like been rising. Yeah. <laughs> and something happened today to like really blow blow the lid off because like the the quote him just being like nope 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 (laughs) these guys have not understood how hard we play this was my favorite part our schemes (laughs) yo you guys don't even know what you're doing out there you're not playing hard and you don't know you don't know our schemes amazing that defense is a priority for them so i don't know one how hard we play we were talking about this a bit before just like because there was something about ronde and stanley johnson like I just kind of attributed it to, oh, maybe they just, like, haven't figured it out yet. It's mm-hmm. the preseason. They got to yep. really, like, get yep. in the rotation. But then maybe they're just truly not bad, but, like, 
they're really not playing at the same kind of caliber that the rest of the roster is, which not surprising. Right. But I mean, even I feel like that's a kind of a big burn because yeah. you're coming out of the off season. Mm-hmm. You are just playing like pretty low key. I mean, the, I feel like the the Tokyo games were a bit more. I mean, you you kind of want to come out strong against the Rockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that said, like they're all preseason games, so to get this kind of heat mm-hmm. in the preseason, yeah, to be like you're trash, basically, yeah, it's harsh words. Well, I mean, I guess it's not that surprising now because if you look at how the rotations shook out in preseason, which, I mean, who's really looking at preseason rotations? People are. Pe- yeah, people, people are. People listening in- to this including, podcast. Including myself, actually. <laughs> so if you're, if you're, if you're like me, um, you're looking at the rotation, you're thinking, well, Stanley Johnson is like often the last guy to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. I don't mean like out of all the guys. Obviously, there's some guys on the bench that we know are not even going to make the final roster. They're going to go to the 905. But sometimes it's some of the 905 guys that come off the bench before Stanley Johnson is. And even Rondé, to a lesser extent, I would say Rondé's maybe – he's coming a little bit earlier. But most of these guys have just come in during garbage time. Yeah. And that's kind of disappointing. These guys have a pedigree. Like, they played in the league for three, four years now. Like, they should – I don't know. They should be better than this, you know? I, I think um, it was either Alex or uh, Dan Reynolds during the Bulls game – kind of turned to me and said in the fourth quarter when it was just like straight up like D-League guys versus D-League guys and the Raptors had D-League guys plus Stanley Johnson and they turned to me and they were like you know Stanley should really stand out more than he is in the setting and mm-hmm. so far it just hasn't happened now obviously it's like super super early I think Nurse just wants to light a fire on these guys um, because you know there's literally open rotation spots like someone needs to step up and mm-hmm. grab those right whether he needs to be nice about it or mean about it it's all the same. You just yeah. need someone to serve the role. But at the same time, like, he's, he's just do better. He's like, obviously, yeah, he's trying to get them to be competitive. But, I mean, it kind of also makes you step back and realize as, like, watching the Raptors, how maybe spoiled we are. Because mm-hmm. you look at the empty some of the empty rotational spots we had in past seasons. And, like, someone like Fred Van Vliet or, like, Pascal um, or, or even, like, I don't know, when Powell can, can nab those. Like, how they do not take it for granted the opportunity to step into those spots and how hard they all worked. Like, you know, whether it was like shuttling between nine Oh five, you know, to getting like whatever minutes, like if, even if they were like garbage time minutes, whatever minutes they could, um, there was a lack of a sense of like entitlement and privilege, not to say like, not to imply that like Rondé or Stanley have that. Mm -hmm. But as you said, like the urgency is not the same. Yeah, exactly. There's not the same urgency. There's not the same like competitive, spirit Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but it's kind of weird that they don't have that because they're coming from teams where they were getting like getting some good play well yeah and also if you go through the free agency process and you are like 24 years old like ronde and you're ending up on a minimum contract you know you sometimes you just gotta like understand the situation a little bit i look again i Mm -hmm. think these guys can turn it around like this is literally so so yeah we're not trying to damn them no but the (laughs) fact that nick nurse came out and said these things i think he's trying to light a fire under these Mm -hmm. guys and i really want to see them succeed yeah because you know the raptors need some good guys off the bench and these guys have it in them to be good yeah you know but larger question Mm. has the nick nurse championship outfit personified of Aviator sunglasses all the time. Yes. Goth Nick Nurse branded hat. Yeah. Guitar permanently strapped to his back. Yeah. Oh, he's a badass. Has it now. gone to his head? <laughs> Nick Nurse is a bit of a badass now. He opened the the presser today by talking about uh, his friend uh, Joe Madden, who I think just got a new contract or something. Mm-hmm. 
He was like, someone was. He was like, how much? You, how much he's making? He was like, oh yeah, it's like it's like twelve to fifteen million. He's like, well, you won the championship. You know, you, you're you're worth that much now. And then he like kind of like winked at the cameras. Oh. And I'm like, yo, Nick, <laughs> wow, okay, speak your truth. Just turning over a new leaf, and you know what? I don't hate it. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, championship swagger. It doesn't just limit to. Uh, it's not limited to players. But it's I hope also the twangs too. The twang's not gone. Getting whooped. No, I hope no, he still says that a couple of times. He still looks like he's always saying "aw shucks," <laughs> even though I don't think I've ever heard him say "aw shucks." That might just be generalizing. Um, okay, so that's all the news and notes. Um, that was some breaking news. That, this is this is not bad. This is up to the minute. This is not bad, folks. Um, so the next thing we're going to talk about is so I've compiled a list of the five most interesting players for me coming into the season. I shared this list with you. I think we match. On four of them, and we have one difference. Yes. In that, uh, well, I will can reveal it later. But I think <laughs> Fred Van Vliet is on both our lists. He's number one on my list. And for me, I just think that some people have an aura about them, and it just feels very much like Fred knows who he is now. Mm-hmm. He's come to a point in his life where he understands, or come to a point in his career where he understands what he's about. He knows he can do it. He knows he can do it at the highest possible level because he did it in the finals against Steph Curry, of all people. Mm-hmm. And he's just ready to take a leap, not necessarily just in terms of his play, but just as a as a person. You know, I think I think that's very fascinating for someone to arrive at that point. Um, and that's why he's my most interesting person. I know you love Fred, so please, I love Fred. Please gush about Fred. <laughs> I love Fred. Uh, yeah, I. It's hard to like centralize my thoughts about Fred into one cohesive. Uh, thought because they're always there's a a big gushing cloud at all times in my head but um I said this before uh I I think I was talking about this with Woodley on your rival podcast locked on Raptors we don't we don't we don't we don't we're not locked on no okay oh god shout out Woodley Um, I was on this podcast like six or seven times okay anyway there's something about Fred this year that scares me in a very positive way but it still scares the shit out of me is that he's like playing with this new kind of like he's always played with a determination and a sort of like tunnel vision of like going after what he wants whether like in game or out uh just in terms of like work ethic dedication but it's almost like he is playing this like quieter way more assured game Mm -hmm. and he's like zeroed in absolutely on like what he wants what he wants this year to be like how he's going to go after it and get it and he's like so confident in that he's like not really saying anything but it's so like his intentions are so clear yeah um like he it's like a bit like i guess like a, like a killer's mentality. I <laughs> All feel right. Like. We want to go there, sure. Not, to, not. I don't mean it in a dark way, because again, it's yeah. like you know, just it's still the friend the, we the love. Court. Yeah, but metaphorically, it's just like he he's just playing at like a whole new level of of self assurance, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, he has every reason to because like I think every year like he's a player who's like set his set the targets of what he wants to do, accomplish that, right. shown it, worked really hard for it, and never really like he's kind of like. um indefatigable like he doesn't really you know yeah waver yeah um but yeah like i'm so i'm so so excited to see how he is on court with that because i don't think he's scared of anybody and he shouldn't be he really shouldn't be um 
Because he's proven it. Except for James Ennis III. <laughs> James Ennis III blocked Fred so many times in that 60s. The Fred no. stopper. No, he's um, the only guy who can stop Fred. Maybe that's why he's Steph got the never. killer's mentality. That's who his gaze is settled on. Yeah. He's like, he's just, I'm going to kill you. This is the first time in his life someone is going to look at James Ennis III heading into a game and be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass that guy. Yeah, he's good. I'm going to try to show up that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but with Fred, I just think that it almost reminds me a little bit of sort of, you know, like Demar came in, he was really young. Um, you know, he it was actually real adorable. Like he used to be, like at drive-throughs with Sonny Weems and Amir Johnson, <laughs> and he was always more playful. And he was definitely a playful guy. Like obviously, you know, all the videos with him and Kyle. But mm-hmm. like at some point, he just got like really serious and really sure. And he knew what he was going to do on a nightly basis. He knew where his place was in the league, and he just went out and did it. And I feel like for Demar, it was probably like twenty thirteen. It really felt like, all right, he's coming into his own. Like, yeah. This is his team now. He knows it. And I feel like Fred, A, I feel like he understands the situation. Maybe it's not necessarily Fred's team. I wouldn't say the Raptors are Fred's team, but he definitely is one of the most featured, prominent guys on the team. He knows the team needs them. And I feel like, you know, he just he's he's ready to step into that role. Like, all the players have said it, too. The coaches have said it, too. Nick Nurse gets asked every single day, basically, in these pressers. Like, hey, who's looking good for you out there? Every single time he talks about Fred. Mm-hmm. Um Kyle was asked about it yesterday at a scrum, and Kyle also mentioned, you know, there's Fred is, he's just saying, like, Fred's ready to take a leap. And he was sort of really commending Fred about how, you know, when Fred first came into the league, Kyle Iyer took him under his wing mm-hmm. and was like, all right, so you're short, you know, you're slightly <laughs> thick, like, you know, this is how we're going to play the point guard position, this is how we're going to be good at it. And then, you know, Fred saw Terrence Davis Jr. are coming into the league this year. And Fred has taken that role. And so Kyle really praised him yesterday about sort of passing the game on and stuff like that. And it just speaks to, like, I think Fred's in a good place. Also, he's healthy again, man. Yeah. Like, last year, he was just banged up all the time. He had a yeah. back issue, had a little, like, ankle issue. You know, he had a hip issue that affected him, you know, in the finals of all places. Like, he's healthy again. He's getting to the rim. He is getting that's, to the that's rim. That's rare for yeah. a small guy like that to get yeah. to the rim. But this is, like, I've always... I don't know. I don't. I've always been like, well, Fred can be so fast, and a lot of people are like, but he's so slow and kind of big. But like in the same way, Larry has these like bursts of speed. Fred always has these mm-hmm. like sneaky bursts of speed. Yes. Um, and that's what I want to see more of this year. Yeah. Deadly speed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he's 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 very he's very deadly with his speed for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I also, actually, Loki think Fred might be the best shooter on the team now. Yeah. I don't think that's – I think that could be widely known. Okay. Widely observable. All right. But you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Fred Van Lee, good at shooting the basketball. The guy who hit seven threes against the Bucks on the road <laughs> in game five. Great moments, man, Fred, honestly. what a Well, he's already a Raptor legend. We don't have to say anymore. Uh-uh. Another guy I'm really excited about, OG Ananobi. Yes. First off, I think everyone should be rooting for OG after the year he went through. Mm-hmm. Um. And quite honestly, I think just on a personal level, like, I just, I really hate this idea that Raptors fans sort of go through every time. It's sort of a habit where we see a guy come in, he's doing great early on in his career, you're like, whoa, look at him, maybe he's a star. And then when they inevitably don't become a star, people are like, wow, I can't believe he didn't become what we (laughs) hoped he would be. This guy's trash. We and were it's just, fooled again. <laughs> it's always flipped. It, it just it flips always, and mm-hmm. there's always a guy. Like, it happened to JV. Mm-hmm. It happened to Terrence Ross. Uh, it still happens to Lowry. 
it still happens yeah. a little bit to Lowry. <laughs> it happens to Demar. So some, Demar was polarizing for different reasons mm-hmm. based on where you stood on advanced analytics and things like this. But um, yeah, I just feel like it, I could. I already sensed that it was happening to OG this year. Um, so I just, you know, I, I want him to do well, man. He's like what twenty three years old. Yeah. He went through a tough sophomore year, but even last year, when you look at the numbers, he wasn't that bad. Like it, people talk about him, like he was, he was like putting the ball in his own net all the time. Or, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. wasn't that bad. Again, like I think it's a thing. Like we're all a little bit spoiled. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're like, oh yeah, so you're gonna be the next Pascal, right? It's yeah. Like, no, Pascal's like a once in a generation kind of like leap. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a, I think it is a unique thing. Like, yes, we all do this, and I, I don't think it's a good thing that we should, we all do. But I also think it is part of, come like, knowing this team and how, how we've acquired players, like I don't know, forever. Mm-hmm. It's like you do get these. We are kind of accustomed to getting these, like, not randos, but just, like, dudes who, you know, maybe other teams have looked over. Yep. Um, they're just, like, they've come, they've developed up from, like, the D-League. But, and then they all work out. Or, like, they all, yeah. the Raptors seem to have a real knack, right? Of it's like, amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. So, we're also spoiled in that way. But mm-hmm. that's a total anomaly. And I think, oh, like, yeah. to forget that is to be, like a bit like bratty and spoiled uh, mm-hmm. and like kind of privileged because that's not something that happens with like every other franchise and no, every other that's team. not something that used to happen with the Raptors as recently Mm-mm. as before Masai got here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what um, I mean? Like we're taking Ed Davis with the 10th pick <laughs> and it's like, cool. I mean, Ed Davis covered out a very long career, mm-hmm. but like, you know, whatever. Like mm-hmm. it didn't really pan out like that. But just I mean? like, like the leaps and bounds, like look at the core now and like yeah. all these guys are just like essentially like cast offs or like throwaways that like were looked over but then got in the system and are now superstars uh, and are like the core of and foundational pieces of the team that's like not something that happens and it's not something that happens consistently every single year but we've had that every single year for for a long enough time now that i think we're all used to it (laughs) so when someone like og maybe wavers because like Honestly, he was just like unhealthy. Like he just had a shitty like a, a run of bad luck last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think you could look at it and be like he's trash because he's yeah. not. He's not at all. No. He just like had a bit of a stunted year, and I think this year, I think it is unfair to like place the same kind of expectations yeah. on him as like a Pascal. Like I don't necessarily know yeah. that he's going to have that jump. But then again, like we also don't know that he won't or he won't have yeah. a jump that looks like that, but is unique to OG. Right. And that's the thing with with OG. I feel like his developmental path is different from Pascal. Pascal, his coordination was always a lot better than OG's. Um, and in terms of his scoring, like even in a college setting, okay, whatever. It's college. Everyone's more featured in college. But Pascal's role was a scorer. Like he was a scorer. Whereas OG's role in college was what he's doing now, three and D. And so I, I feel like with OG, like me personally, I think he's gonna like have like a PJ Tucker type career. But like that's fine. Like, Peter Tucker's a really, really good player. Like, Amazing. he's one of the best role players yeah. in the league. And you need players like that to win at a very high level. And I feel like OG, like, he has the tools to do that. In fact, he's, I don't even think he's very far from that. Like, he could really just make one or two small adjustments to his game, and he mm-hmm. could be very, very good. Like, I, I mean, like, why can't he be Trevor Ariza? Like, I think he can be. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong with being Trevor Ariza. It's just that, like, because of his first year, people were like, well, if you look at Paul George and how he developed, and it's like, Paul George is Paul George. Like, come on. Yeah, what, another what anomaly. Yeah, I think, like, comparisons like that closely to other players 
just don't make sense. No. Because also, I think don't also make sense with, like, again, player to player at all. But mm-hmm. to OG, like, there's something about him, like, it, whether it's, like, his versatility or there's just a sense that, like, he could step into many more roles yeah. than kind of just, like, a traditional 3 and D guy, which is really exciting. Yeah. And I think to just, like, pin him on, oh, like, he can only develop in one way will actually mm-hmm. stunt that versatility and That's isn't going to serve him in the in the long run. Right. Um, not to put too much too many like expectations wow. on the guy <laughs> just back from you and i have already completed less one appendix of, you know <laughs> of overrating and underrating a guy no i just want OG to do well though overall we're I also just think excited that, in OG. terms of like guys that can change like the long-term outlook of the raptors mm-hmm. og taking a big huge leap whether it's the leap is to becoming a pg archetype or even becoming more than that mm-hmm. is i think one of the more realistic paths on the team and so He's uh, there's a lot of growth potential with OG, and I just hope he realizes that. Also, I hope people make their peace with OG. You know what I mean? Like, how can you be mad at that? Like, I don't know what people are mad face. at OG. That's very weird. It is weird. To, I think you're really weird. That's like the weirdest raptor to be mad at right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the other wings we have behind OG. Um, <laughs> Norman Powell. I think he's okay. So with Norm, I'm not entirely convinced that Norm has this like giant leap in him. Yeah. But I also see it from Norm's perspective in the sense that he came in as a rookie, second-round pick, works his way up to the G League, makes an impact. Obviously, that steal and dunk over Paul George, amazing, amazing moment. Um, but, you know, he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. And he in his second season, he was forced to play out of position a lot because Damari Carroll was Damari Carroll and wasn't very good or healthy. And so Norm had to play a lot of small forward because DeMar wasn't playing small forward, even though DeMar was bigger, and mm-hmm. DeMar was playing defense. And so Norm had to do just a lot of stuff. Like, there were games where, like, Norm had to guard Carmelo Anthony <laughs> as a second-year player who's, like, six foot three. It's like, no, this is just <laughs> not what is supposed to be happening. He did it pretty well. I remember a game where he had to defend um, Chris Asperzingis. And it's like, what are we doing, <laughs> right? So he's put out of position. You know, the following year after that, he has injuries early in his career. OG breaks out. He's basically left out of the rotation because the starting unit finds a great rhythm, the bench finds a great rhythm, and Dwayne Casey's a guy who looks at rhythm and says, "I'm not going to mess with it." Mm-hmm. So Norm just never had a feature role, and then Danny Green and Kawhi come, so he's still not in the feature role, and now finally all those factors are gone, and he actually has a clear opportunity. Right, and I feel like you know it's one of, maybe it's just like it's it's kind of now or never, um, but also it's just like. I guess, I don't know. We haven't seen the best of Norm yet. Yeah. And I hope we see it this year. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, he's always been a player who's been relegated yes. a little bit and has these, like, flashpoints, usually in the playoffs, which are great because it shows, yeah. like, there is a certain... There's something in him that performs really well under pressure. Yeah. Um, and doesn't really balk or shy away from it, which is nice. Uh, but we haven't... The only thing... Norm wasn't on my list. Norm wasn't on your list. Okay. Full disclosure. But it doesn't mean <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't want the best for Norm. The thing that I worry about, basically maybe the only thing with Powell, is how is he going to handle consistent minutes? Because he hasn't actually had that yet. Not to say he's not ready for it or he'll get like too fatigued or anything like that, but there's just a like, different tedium to yeah. playing those like just like game after game after game. Versus those flashpoint minutes of like where yeah. he really like explodes and performs well uh, and can kind of shine. I like Norm's one of those players that like I don't know. I mean, I hope there aren't fans who are like 
sick of it but i think everybody is behind him and wants to see him like be able to step into that role because if there's anyone who's like really earned it by like kind of toiling away in the shadows of like greater or like perceived greater players at the time it's powell and yeah Mm -hmm. it is it is his turn i just i do really wonder like how he'll make that transition not to say he's not mentally capable physically capable or ready for it Right, right right i'm curious yeah i'm definitely curious too um but you know Honestly, as a Raptors fan, I'm just like, Norm, you got to show something now yeah. and like show it consistently. And I would love for you to stick around. But if you don't do it this year, then I think that's you know, it. We just, we just got to move on. That's yeah. It. So, Kyle Lowry is on the, also on the list, mostly yeah. because <laughs> I really want to see him age gracefully. Me too. Um, I want to see everybody age gracefully <laughs> in general. I would say. But in, in particular with Kyle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In your life and basketball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like my, all my grandparents are still alive. They're aging gracefully, <laughs> so that's good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like with Kyle, he, I wanted to see him age gracefully in the sense that I think he's smart enough to understand where he is. He's not going to be one of those guys who, like Carmelo, who gets old and all of a sudden they can't change the game mm-hmm. and they're out of the game so quickly, like Allen Iverson, things like this. Kyle is a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He's been a role player in his life. Um, he understands how to be a star player. I don't know if he can be a star player consistently anymore, but he clearly knows how to contribute in terms of just whether it's taking charges, whether it's making passes, stretching the floor, on or off the ball, defending multiple positions, mentoring young guys, you know, taking people under his wing. He does it all. He really is like, I mean, if you're in, if you're going to pay $31 million for an aging player, you need them to give you everything they they can possibly give you. And mm-hmm. I feel like Kyle is also one of those guys that he can do it. So I just hope it's graceful because I feel like last year, because he had that back injury, there were times in December I'm just thinking, man, what's going on? Every time he shot the ball, I, it didn't look like it was going in. He had that scoreless game against the Bucks. Yeah. you remember, oh. in December. <laughs> yeah. And that was pretty terrible because the rest of the Raptors played just fine. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors lost by five because Kyle Lowry had zero points. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to see him ace gracefully. That's That's really it. There's a relevancy, I think, to Lowry that he, like, continues to reestablish every year in that, like, it was so refreshing and I thought just, like, really cool how it, how you saw a different side of him last year when yep. Kawhi and Danny came in and how he had to take this sort of, like, backseat role, but he did so in a, you know, gracefully. He yeah. absolutely did. Um, and he kind of, like, willingly and generously handed over this team that he'd, I think, essentially built this kind of like ragtag band of like what was once like outsiders, but was now like a really Mm -hmm. well working, hardworking um, machine to like this all-star Yes, and was comfortable taking a backseat and doing more of like the distribution, like being more of a playmaker, like just kind of watching. And it must've been hard, right? Like after he lost Damar, Mm -hmm. like coming into kind of like an uncertain, I'd say like first two months of the season, but very quickly he just sort of, I think he just saw the writing on the wall and was like, yeah. if this is going to work. And like, you know, he said many times, like, I want a title. Like, I want a championship. Yes, the and gold like, ball, as he kept calling That was he kept calling the gold ball? <laughs> I mean, direct, right? He was ne- focused. Never heard anyone call him the, the gold ball. That sounds like a award you get at the World Cup. <laughs> but, and I think that was the clearest path there. And he like saw the way to do it and he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes a real mature player to be able to do that. And to, yeah. to say like, look, there's only kind of one way that I can fit into this team and we'll get there. And I'm going to just like step into that and be comfortable with it and not be like, you know, a bit of a diva or anything like that. Like Lowry is just like, he constantly, like, I don't think he's going to end up like a Carmelo. Yeah. 
um, or a player like that because he constantly sort of like reinvents himself and yeah. figures out ways to stay relevant. Right. I think last year he did it by like by showing that he could like lead like that on the court as well yeah. as like off the court. He sort of secured this amazing contract for himself. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was second in the league in assists last yeah. year. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And he's like a team team leader, like a cultural leader. Like yeah. he's shown that to the like what a fit he is with the franchise and like I think to I think the Raptors I mean, I think they knew it all along, but there was something that they saw last year. Yeah. They realized, oh, shit, like, we really got to lock this guy down because to a lot of franchises, like, honestly, like, the Celtics, the Bucks, like, franchises that have something, they have some pieces and mm-hmm. they should be working, but there's something at the core of them that doesn't necessarily work. Lowry could be a glue guy, I think, for places like that. Yeah. Um, and I think they recognize that and we're like, pay this man. Yeah. We got to keep him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really happy for Kyle. I'm yeah. so happy that he won the championship. That, I love that moment, Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> that moment in games after Game Six of the Eastern Conference Finals when the crowd just organically bust out into a Kyle, like a Lowry, mm-hmm. Lowry, and it was just and Kyle just like you know, he was trying to like hold his emotions and be a little bit tougher, but like he was just like, man, this is this is amazing. You yeah, know? he finally got over that hurdle, and then he scored 26 points in Game Six of uh, the Finals and. Uh, you know, brought home the gold ball. But good unfortunately, for, for I don't think, I don't think Raptors fans are like gonna get their shit together this year. And I think there's still gonna be a moment when like everyone turns on him, yeah, and is like trade him. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. The yeah. game's a game. Uh, <laughs> Stanley Johnson. So, did he make your list? He did make my list. Why did he make your list? He made my list because there's something like that has intrigued me about Stanley Johnson, honestly, since they picked him up in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really even know much about him as a player previous to that pickup, but he just seemed like a guy, like he seemed like a guy that was going to fit really well uh, into the like dynamic of the team and also just like the development side of the team. Does, it, you know. Yeah, this Nick Nurse thing. This is really, Nick Nurse thing is like. Yeah thrown me a little but you know to your point like maybe it's just like the necessary fire he needed under him because he's someone who was like i think a little bit relegated in detroit like didn't get yeah didn't get a lot of time like probably didn't get that much attention yeah um his role changed a lot too yeah exactly i guess like in some ways he kind of reminded me of like an og type player yeah um and i thought like i like og a lot so i found that intriguing yeah but there's just something about him also i saw a picture of him very early on wearing a shirling jean jacket and I was he like, loves jean jackets. Yeah, which is like, I like that personally. Okay. So it was a good mix. <laughs> a good mix of intrigue okay. for me. But now I don't know. Well, just because of Nick Nurse, don't let Nick Nurse tear down your Stanley Johnson love. It's true. It won't. But he's, he was so stern. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was weird when Josh was just trying to finish. Josh Lumber was just trying to finish the question, and he was just like, cut him off. He's like, no, these guys are not good right now. Josh, the schemes. Don't talk to me about their defensive reputation on the Nets. The Nets were a bottom 10 defensive team last year, all right? Harsh, um, I know. Why was he on your list? He's on my list because I feel like he's just an interesting guy. Like, if you just, like, like do a bit of research into, like, what Stanley's about and stuff like that, he seems to have very many varied interests. Um, he's into fashion. He is he's into fashion. He's into like weird wines things like this is he oh i didn't yeah. know that yeah and so he's it's just the right like city ch- for him in that way exactly yeah. fashion and weird wines <laughs> um yeah and i just feel like i, I don't know I, I feel like there definitely is untapped potential with him like i'm looking at him like there's no reason why you can't uh be a very successful nba player i mean mm-hmm. first off he was a lottery pick top 10 pick mm-hmm. um so clearly other people saw the potential it's pretty obvious but i just feel like with guys like this like you have all the ability. 
you know, okay, the shot is not, like, perfect. But, like, how many guys don't have perfect shots in the NBA? It's fine. He, sh- You know, like, there, there is something there. And I, I just know that if he, if he really buys into the right coach at the right time with the right set of players, he's going to be successful. Because mm-hmm. you look at him, he's, like, 6'8". He has a huge wingspan. He's strong as an ox. Like, you know, he could do a lot of things. He's a pretty good ball handler for his size, shooting whatever. But, you know, he's a p- good playmaker and stuff like that. Like, he can do a lot of these things. He just needs to put it all together. And what these, what, what, if honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest about the rest of the Raptors, like, there's guys that have made the most of their talents, and you know, that's cool. Like, I think Fred is a guy who made the most of his talent. Kyle Lowry is definitely a guy who's made the most of their talent. Mm-hmm. Marcus Salt, same way, right? But then, you know, it's just rare to see guys. Obviously, they're coming in from outside the organization, but guys that have more talent than what what has actually translated to production. Yeah. And that's where the Raptors might come in and say, look, you have this ability and you can make good on it. And we are the team for you. Now, Nick Nurse's comments do kind of throw me off a little bit here. But again, this is like, it's like October 17th or something. Like we have months to go. Yeah. So I just want to see someone like Stanley sort of step in an opportunity. Cause what else are you going to do, man? What else is he going to do? Yeah. It is like a raw, it's like kind of a raw, rangy, like undefined talent. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like that's sort of a rare thing for the Raptors to get. Um, so I understand Nurse's frustrations, right? Because like it's not something they want to squander. It's something that they want yeah. to be able to work for them. For sure. For sure. Get with the scheme, Stanley. Uh, and then <laughs> the last guy that, um, so those are those were my top five. Um, yes. The fifth guy for you was not Norman Powell, but. Pascal, Siakam. Pascal. Yeah. I mean, I just think that's kind of for me. It's he's obvious. Yeah. But I was trying to be edgy, not putting Pascal. That's okay. List, you know? it, it worked. Stanley Johnson Will, is my super uh, edgy. Definitely a very edgy man. Will in my, edgy Lou in my H and M pink sweater. Right, I'm wearing right now. That was fifteen bucks. <laughs> Great value. Fashion city. Um, yeah, Pascal. Pascal is just like one. I hope he gets the bag. Yes. Secures it. Seems like he's going to get it. Seems like he's going to get the bag. Um, Just based on the trajectory that he had last year, uh, the more interesting things to me were the kind of sticky points, the frustration points Mm -hmm. that he had a lot throughout the playoffs. But to see that in real time, how he kind of like righted himself, made some small adjustments and like came out and like really fixed things and just like shown – I think to be able to see that now more consistently, mm-hmm. there's something that I, I mean, also the fact that like he got huge in the yeah. summer. Oh, he's decent. He's like, he's a big dude. Yeah. He was already a big dude, but like, he's an extremely big dude now adding that like kind of physicality to his wingspan, to his range. Just like he, he's like a, he's like a scary player on the court. And I can't Maybe Giannis. I can't wait to see, even though him. he's older than Giannis, whatever. <laughs> No, I think Giannis has, like, the babier face, maybe. Yeah. Giannis is impossibly young, man. What a cutie. Anyway, yeah. Pascal's cute, too. But Oh, Giannis is expecting a child, too. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Not the baby anymore. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, That's strange, because I felt like, honestly, he was too young to have a child. I know. I, I <laughs> thought he was, like, 20 years old, but no. He's, like, 24. I mean, okay. you guess that's old enough. That's fair. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't have a child at 24, but I also am not Giannis. <laughs> I missed that chance anyway. I'm 26. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think there's just going to be like, 
I think he's just going to have a crazy another crazy year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's got this added like confidence. I've I've seen some people say like, oh, maybe I'm a like they're worried he's going to be like overly cocky, especially like if he gets this big payout. But like I kind of am living for that. Like I hope he gets super cocky because sure, also yeah. like. You know, if there's another player like Fred, like Larry, like the rest of the Raptors who has, like, the work ethic and the dedication, I don't think it's going to get swayed with Pascal because of, like, getting a great deserving yeah. contract. Cause that you he could tell he's for. really rooted and grounded. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, and, you, like, those frustrating moments I mentioned on every anywhere where he kind of, like, stumbled, you could see that how grounded he was because he didn't really ever take it too personally. He was able to just, like adjust himself and come out better for it. So right. yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of like excited in this way. Maybe I haven't been as a Raptors fan before to see him come out and like body some guys in like real flashy ways. And we don't yeah. really have a lot of like flashy players. No, um, no, he's probably the flashy. And guy. he's like, I think he's going to have a real flashy year. So purely aesthetics. And as like a pride point. Yeah. I'm very like interested in that. Yeah. And, um, all I will say about Pascal, I mean, we already talked about him at the start of the show in terms of his contract situation, but, you know, he's got a new set of problems to solve. That's mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, honestly, it's the same way for most of these guys that, you know, they are in elevated roles. But uh, with Pascal, I mean, like, man, if you can actually solve some of these things and all of a sudden you have an organically grown, locally sourced superstar. <laughs> and uh, that's always better than uh, importing one. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, we're going to move on to listener questions. So I, we've got a ton of them. I don't want to hold you too long. Um, so we will not race through them. We Lightning take round. our time. But, you know, okay. like something like this from Jeff. Who will have the best year among McCaw, Davis, and Thomas? <laughs> I don't really know, like, how any of them fit on the team. But, like, I want McCaw to have a good year. If only because I think he's such a weirdo. He is such a weirdo. Yeah. I, Who plays basketball as a point guard for 20 minutes doesn't take a shot? That makes me sad. I bet he's like more of a weirdo off the court, like his weird little dances that he does. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, his personality. He's got such thin legs. He's a very like brittle looking man. Yeah, but yeah. he, yeah. What's also weird is, of course, he doesn't shoot. He runs and does like a pump fake in a layup. <laughs> and then he like dashes the ball away. That's I think his closest to a shot as I've seen. Yeah, but uh, I'll say I'll say Pat Pat McCaw. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> I will say McCaw too, only because it seems like Nurse really likes McCaw. Yeah. So if the coach likes you, chances are you're gonna have a good year. Um, I think Davis is gonna spend a little bit of time with the G League and Thomas. You know, it's just gonna be an adjustment period. I'm not saying he's bad at all. Like he actually has some pretty good games. He does. He looks better than like Stanley and Rondé so far, yeah, for example. Yeah. But I do believe that there has been an adjustment defensively. You just can't – like the Raptors are going to need to be better defensively. They need to be better offensively because be, them being elite defensively is way more realistic than them being elite offensively. So if it comes down to uh, like Thomas is running the defense, mm-hmm. but he gives you shooting, it's like, well, you know, you're going to sit on the bench. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. All right, next one from Robert. Can you rank the Raptors' remaining 2020 unrestricted free agents by likelihood of the team re-signing them? Oh, my God. And what do you think the deal will look like? So, Robert. So these are like, – this is three that they have. I mean, we're not obviously counting, like, one-year guys and stuff like that. But obviously Serge, mm-hmm. Mark, and Fred mm-hmm. are the three major unrestricted free agents coming to the next year. Rank them 
in terms of their likelihood of being re-signed with the Raptors and also what type of deal they'd be getting? This is this is a hurtful question. D- this is difficult. This is very tough. Because in my heart, it's Fred. Yeah. But I think on paper, just given like the positions available, I feel like you're going to re-up on... Seems like you got to keep one of the two big guys. Yeah. I would say Serge. Okay. But I'm also reluctant yeah. to say Serge because Gasol's like really found a fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, And, it, you know, Serge can still go a bit hot and cold. But for the sake of this question, Serge, Mark, and then Fred, realistically. Okay. And then in my heart, Fred. I don't want Fred to walk. I absolutely don't. I feel like, especially if he takes a leap this year, he's going to get pretty expensive. But mm-hmm. the Raptors have, A, they have his bird rights, and B, he's already said he wants to be here long term. Yeah. Um, I think he has a great bond with Kyle. I don't think it's going to be a situation where he looks at Kyle and says, it's me or him. No, I'm I don't do think that. so. He's not going to do that. And so. I trust I trust like the front office to see the value. And like, yeah, for you know, sure. even if you got to like pay out for it, like mm-hmm. to keep him around. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is a Bismack Biombo situation where a guy has an incredible playoff run and then you pay him just based on that. Yeah. First off, but good Fred for didn't Biz. have an incredible <laughs> playoff run. He only had an incredible second half of the playoff yeah. run, which is great. But, yeah. I don't know. I, I think they always have to come to a reasonable number, but I feel like they can find some common ground there. I don't want him to walk, man. He's like a perfect, uh, you know, he's a perfect cultural fit, too. Absolutely. Tyler asks, potential pieces you can see being traded this year? This this question comes up every week. Why is everyone so excited to talk about trades when we haven't even started yet? Because everybody wants to be, uh, what's his name? Um, Sam Hinkie? Yes. And just like constantly trade guys and the turn. Trade like, machines. They're not stocks. They're humans. Yeah. Like, you know, and you're trying to build a competitive team. I mean, obviously, this, I'm not saying this question is unwarranted because there's a real chance they move some people. But... At the same time, you know, the the overexcitement over it is, is is something else too. But I honestly, I think one of the two bigs is getting traded. I think so too. Do it you just think makes sense. Like mid season. Yeah. yeah, and I actually think it's probably Serge is more likely to get traded just because I think he could fetch a higher return That's than true. Mark. Yeah, because like Mark went on the market last year and he got offers of like JV and CJ Miles's bad contract and <laughs> Delon who left. Yeah, it's not a very good. They're not getting a lot out of that. So. It's probably Surge. It's like, how hungry is the league? Wow. <laughs> the delivery on that was incredible. The little pause. Um, Tim asks, how do you feel about this team compared to the 2017-2018 Raptors? Great. Oh, like less DeRozan? Like, like less. Be- this is better than that team? Same as that team? I or think worse they're than that team? better. They're better just by virtue of like what they've gone through. Um, and okay. a lot of the players that like still even like Lowry is like leaps and bounds better from where he was. Fred Siakam. So you look at all those pieces. Like even without the championship, just having gone through last season, mm. they're a lot better. Like those players wow. are. Um, I guess like I don't. They know. won fifty nine games that year. I don't think they're gonna have a bad regular season this I, year. I don't think they're gonna have a bad one, but I I'm don't think they'll get like, to fifty nine. I'm like I was gonna say fifty eight, which I guess wow. goes to your point. Wow, it's technically 58. not fifty nine. <laughs> But it's definitely 58 and not 59. I'll take 58. They're going to have like, a, I think they're going to have a very steady, productive, like regular season, just like a quiet, hardworking one like they did last year, the year before. Mm. But now, you know, these guys aren't like 
there's something there's not that the like hunger and like the the desperation maybe like the hunger's still there but the desperation isn't there which i think right. is going to serve them a lot better yeah i think the big difference is the 2017-18 raptors were worried that they were frauds and this yes. year they know they're not frauds exactly that was actually such a big it's just a big stress of watching the raptors before i was like is this team for real are they yeah, actually gonna do something this knew. time and then i was like oh wow they got swept again <laughs> And now it's like, no, we're, we're defending champions, man. No matter yeah. what happens, we're defending champions. That, that, that banner has gone up October 22nd. It's going to stay there forever. Yeah, mentality alone, this is, this is a better team. Okay. The only thing I'll push back on is Kyle Lowry's not better than he was at that season. Mm, no, and he's not going to play as much probably. Yeah. But I think for himself as a person, he's better. Yeah, <laughs> he has the gold ball. What do you think he keeps the the basketballs, the game balls from um, Kawhi's shot? And I picture him just having like a files. cartoon closet that he stacks flat, and then he opens it every day. Kyle Lowry's a hoarder. He actually then, didn't want to collect these in the first place. He just <laughs> and they all just fall on to him. Kyle Lowry like climbs the rooftops of uh, of middle schools and, and collects all the gym balls that have been roofed. You don't know how many balls he's got in his closets of his house. I hope Kyle Lowry uh, eventually gets a call from Kawhi one day, and Kawhi's like, do you have my ball, and how much do you want for it? And I, I really hope he takes it. <laughs> it was like $33 million over a year, please. Um, player to be named later. All right, not bad. Uh, what starting five combinations do you think we'll see this year? Do you foresee Masai making any trades? Okay, for the trades thing we already talked about. <laughs> the starting five combos. So Nick Nurse is a little weird he's he loves being super weird, weird. nick nurse yeah. is a guy that goes to a bar and acts about their weirdness ipa you know what i mean he's that kind of, or maybe he loves like stouts yeah yeah <laughs> um but anyway uh so he was talking yesterday about you know he's tried lineups where og is the two mm-hmm and Pascal was a three, mm-hmm. and Serge is the four, and Mark is the five in like the jumbo lineup. And he also tried like super small lineups where it's like Kyle, Fred, Norm, uh, along with Pascal and whoever Serge. Mm-hmm. So he's clearly willing to experiment a lot. But what starting five combo do you think he will ultimately settle on? Assuming that there are no major trades. Um, I like I like Lowry and Fred on the floor at the same time. Okay, a lot, Pascal. Mm, I think Assault okay. over Surge. Yeah. I can see a case for both. Yeah. Only I in the like sense both. that I, I think Surge is uh, more ready to go right now. And so he might play right now. True. I don't know. True. Um. Then who do we have left? Still got a spot. Just a three. Just a three. Do you want Norm or you want OG? OG, I think. Yeah. Yeah. OG. You need size to defend. Yeah. OG has to be on the yeah. starting five. Yeah. But it's kind of a funny question because you know any lineup's not really going to last beyond like two that games. That is true. That is true. <laughs> if you know Nick Nurse, he's going to try some crazy shit and put McCall out there for no reason. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, Munib asks, more likely to win or be in the conversation for most improved player, OG or Norman Powell? Oh. OG. Okay. Can Van Vliet make the big leap and be the sixth man of the year? Yes. That one I firmly believe. Absolutely. I don't think it's even a big leap. Yeah. Leap to the the like attentions of the league at sure. large, yeah, 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 but not to us. Yeah, as Kevin Durant said, you know, this guy's a dog. Yeah, <laughs> how do, he said Van Fleet. Yeah, yeah, he said Van Fleet. Van Everyone Fleet says Van lot, Fleet, but man. I kind of like it. Yeah, um, can Pascal make it to the All NBA third team? 
along with being an all-star. Sure. Okay. And will our defense <laughs> from last year hold up? Yes. All right. <laughs> Everything's going to go well for the Raptors this year. You heard it here first from Ryder at large, Katie. No. Um, Joe Crawford, will the Raptor receive a comically oversized championship ring to fit over his glove? Great question. That is a good question. He's going to get something. I guess I pictured it more of like a costume, like a full body ring. Oh, you mean like there's like a there's like a or a tail ring. There's like a cake, yeah, and in the shape of a ring, and then the raptor bursts out of it. Maybe like Isaiah Thomas burst out of the raptor, like 1995. I think I like tail ring now that I said it. Okay, tail ring. Yeah, yeah that's good. I like that because yeah. it keeps his hands free. He needs them for like handstands. That's true. Shooting. Yeah. Hijinks. Yeah. Um, Tom asked, game one, can OG stop Zion? Yeah, guys, I got to say. Zion is terrifying in, in how he moves. You, you don't just see many humans moving like this. No, you don't. But It's I, like if you threw a brick through a window. I'm only basing this on like five minutes of seeing him play at Summer League. Oh, the earthquake game. The earthquake game. Yeah, yeah. Which sounds more impressive. Like yeah, it sounds yeah. like, oh, it's Zion's earthquake great. But he was not very good in that game. No. So, but he ripped the ball from he did. Kevin Knox. Watching Zion dunk is like so fun. It's yes. so fun. And it's going to make watching basketball in what will already be like an extremely fun mm-hmm. year to watch even better. Yeah. But yeah, I think OG can stop him. Okay. Good. I think there's like what we talked about, just this like extra versatility mm. or like sneakiness in OG. I want to see. That Zion doesn't move that way. Fair enough. I want to see OG and Zion have an arm wrestling match after the game. Yeah, that I think he would lose. Okay. I mean, fair enough. OG would lose. Yeah, Zion. Zion looks like a, a giant human bicep. <laughs> uh, Nelson asks: Even after signing Pascal to a max or near max, Raptors will still have a lot of cap space left over. What do you expect to be t- used for? Fred. And Buddy. And Buddy. That'd as be great. We've, as we've already put into Fred, the universe. Buddy. Norm is there still? My death lineup, yeah. OG? <laughs> Pascal? No bigs? Oh my, yeah, no bigs. This Chris is Boucher? this is the, Oh god. This is the big list year. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean there should still be enough money for Fred. So Yeah. That's true. Fine. And then hopefully they have enough money for Buddy. Buddy. Uh, yeah. Buddy and then I don't know, like realistically, are is this team really going after Giannis? I don't I don't It's debatable. It's like we won't say no. We'll keep yeah. it out there, like you oh, know, we got to keep it out there in the for, universe for listens. People, please listen to the podcast, though, and, and years <laughs> down the line, you'll get paid off in Giannis, yeah, as a raptor. Um, hopefully, uh, what is it? How much? What, who are going to go after cap space? You got to go after a buddy. Sure. The more I think I, about I it, the more mind. it makes sense. Yeah, he fits the team nicely. Yeah, yeah, and the budget. He's also low key old, like everyone on the Raptors. Um. <laughs> My guy, Marcelo, Marcelo do Recife. Wow. Okay. How is Will Lou Fitz so far? Have you been following Alex's work on IG? That's how dare you insinuate that? That's definitely me on IG and not Alex. I just tagged photos. Will Lou Fitz. Wow. And a pic from Hoop Talks last week. Nice. You Thanks gotta, to Matt for taking those photos. Yeah. Matt's always like at the event. <laughs> I was going to say getting the shots, oh, getting okay, the yeah, angles. That too, yeah. But yeah, physically, he's always there. He's always at the event. Because he's the photographer. Yes. Anyway, peep it to check out Will Lou's fits. Wow. 
Uh, should I take a pic now? No, no, no. This is, this is, this is like a C-level outfit. This is I a did C-level it. outfit. I did it. <laughs> uh, what do you predict Kalari's stats and average to be this year? Great. All right. <laughs> Great. Broad strokes. Say 13 points and eight assists. How's per that? game? And five rebounds. Mm, I think he's going to be probably rebounding a lot more. I think More like, than five. Yeah. Okay. I think Six. like, yeah, it's, his distribution is probably going to get a bit more of an uptick. Um, but I don't want to see him like shying away from, from taking shots, doing the drives, but I know we're not going to get as many like drives as we're used to. He's got to take care of his body. The drives are kind of a playoff, uh, mode Mm -hmm. for him now. So, yeah. Um, wow. Okay. This guy asked a lot of questions. Sorry. I already answered like four of those questions earlier. So (laughs) there's a question about Fred. Uh, we've talked about that as well. Um, another question about Fred. I talked about that as well. Uh, okay, what about this? From Shashank Srinivasan, which teams do you believe would be interested in Mark or Serge as midseason trade acquisitions? I would say a lot of teams. The Celtics, for example. This, yeah, the trash Celtics yeah. are trying to get their hands on anybody and definitely would like to take any of the Raptors' leavings. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the Celtics uh, in the East – they could fit into a lot of teams mm, in the West. You know, I don't hate the idea of getting the Gasol brothers back together on the Blazers, <laughs> but I don't know that. Wait, Powell's on the Blazers? Yeah. What? Yeah. Since when? He is. Oh, word. <laughs> Since okay. the summer. Powell's had a weird summer. <laughs> okay. So their centers are Hassan Whiteside and Powell Gasol? Yeah. What? And why not add Mark to the mix? (laughs) Sure, why not? Um, Have a good one. Serge is tougher. Serge is like a tougher fit to find. Um, You think so? I feel like Serge is plug and play. Like it's so straightforward. You run a pick and roll in the middle of the floor. He pops. You pick. You you throw a bounce pass to him. He shoots a jumper. He makes the jumper. I guess I'm just thinking maybe cultural fit. Serge. Yeah. He's, he Onto. speaks like four languages. Culturally, no, he'd be fine. No, everywhere. like team vibe. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. yeah, he's a worldly man. Definitely a worldly. He's man. He's a worldly man. Mm, I don't know. Like this, uh, the Sixers maybe. I would. I want to say the Clippers yeah, because they really do need a big man. But it they, would really break my heart to see the Raptors go to the Clippers again, man. What's going on? Yeah, that can't, stop taking our Raptors. That's enough. Yeah, yeah just like you already got the best one. You got so. one. You got a few. It hurts. You got Lou Williams. Oh yeah, Lou and Lou like got was like okay, I'm gonna become consistent now. Yeah, when Lou got to the Clippers, so yeah. the Clippers are like Raptors 2.0 looking team this year. Lou looks like a very like players love Lou. They do. Like yeah. Kawhi was like, yeah, let's go fishing together. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> even Serge couldn't get Kawhi to go fishing, even though he made him eat like bull peanuts and things like this. He couldn't get him to go like sit and fish. I don't think we should feel too bad, like. He's just also getting magic. more sun now, and he's just, like, feeling a little bit better. He's got more vitamin D. There's nothing you can do in this market to compete against Cal- Southern California sunshine. That's true. So don't beat yourselves up. Yeah. Uh, we'll take we'll take four more because this is already running quite long. Jason <laughs> Kim asks, what's a viable second option for late-night Chinese food after roll sign closes down? <laughs> this, uh, this is a tough question. Even I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a good answer. Um, uh, you know what? There's a lot of places. I guess, like, don't you feel like even being from Toronto, you just know places like by sign. Like, I'll just call it like, like red sign, mm-hmm. green sign. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, red sinus, roll sign, green sinus, new hooking. <laughs> yeah, new hooking is like if you're really it's just fine. like it's fine in a yeah. pinch, but like you know. Honestly, I'm, I'm completely honest about it. Most of the Chinatown restaurants, I don't like as much. Yeah. Um, Dundas though, Dundas Chinatown towards the AGL guys. That's the spot. Okay. You can sing to for four dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly that's what exactly what I want actually. Yeah. Is a is a light Asian beer for four dollars yeah. at two a.m. Yeah, prices that are still like you know, two thousand two two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I'm sorry, I can't yeah. to name Rosan the places off my that, head and Rosan. It's just hard to compete with that one. This but I, I think they'll keep it open. Though. I think they're just gonna. You know, build a whole new multi-purpose complex mm-hmm. and keep Rosan in the building. Hopefully, they just don't kill the. They don't like jack the rent, so it's like so much more. Yeah, but yeah. I believe in Rosan that it will still be there. But uh, this magical taste of China, that one's okay. That's good actually. I like that place, but it, it closes before midnight, so it's not really a late night spot. Like Asian Legend is good, I guess, if you're coming to this area, but also kind of closes a bit early, and it's more of a family spot. I don't know, man. This is a little bit sad. It is sad. Go so to just... go to Big Trouble Bar or Opium Bar. Those places are cool, oh, but yeah. it's more like a bar kind of thing. Yeah, it's not yeah. like you sit down and eat. You're but... not gonna sit down and order too much food. Yeah. Um. Someone said this is more of a Blake Murphy question. All right. Well, then that's fine. Rude, but let's try. All let's, right, fine. Let's imp- like do it as like we'll answer as Blake. We'll pretend we're Blake, not right, ourselves. Cool. But who do you <laughs> find? This might be more of a Blake Murphy question from Sarah says. But who do you think is going to be chosen to fill out the roster this week? Oh, as Blake. Yeah. This is tough because Blake would just be like, Well, you so know, Chris Boucher has incredible block percentage <laughs> numbers at the G League level. But does that translate? You just, you don't really quite know. And also the Raptors have a partial guarantee with Malcolm Miller at September 27th. No. That was full. Yeah. It's pretty good. Blake's going to pull out like guys. You, you're like, who is that? Yeah. Like on the. Like, oh, Shaper said making a yeah. late push. <laughs> Sources tell me. That exhibit 10 is on the table for him. I was like, all right, come on, man. Blake was tweeting out G League trades last uh, yesterday. He That's what I practice. mean. He's going to – I don't know the full like, – I can't tell you right now the full, like, G League roster, but he's he would pick someone out from deep and be like, you you can't discount this guy. You can't sleep on Negus Webster-Chan. He's still on the 905 <laughs> after all these years. And, uh, oh, man. What's up, Blake? Being fake Blake is great. Yeah. <laughs> This is a trade he had yesterday that he tweeted out. Raptors 905 have traded the number four overall pick and J.J. Moore to Westchester <laughs> for Paul Watson and a third-round pick. So I'm going to say, as Blake, don't sleep on Paul Watson. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> These, Yeah, I mean, who, this is like, yeah, if you like create like a, a new campaign in like 2K and they just like generate fake players and <laughs> fake trades and stuff like that. Uh, and then the last question, then, from Amin, because there's a lot more questions. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get to as many of them as possible, but the podcast can only go so long. From Amin, do you go after DeMar DeRozan next offseason? He is a free agent. Mm, no. Yeah. I think it hurts me to say it, yeah. you know, but I think I think that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. I think it's like it wouldn't even be a great move for DeMar. No. Like, it's not... It wouldn't really help his career. He wouldn't be playing necessarily the kind of basketball that I think he sort of left the team to go beyond that and mm-hmm. like sort of eke out a new role on the Spurs. I think like he 
I think he should resign with the Spurs, maybe with the, sure. the Clippers, honestly. But oh god, I ah. think like he's fitting slowly into the rotation, and mm. like this is the Spurs system. Um, but I think it would be pretty regressive. I know we all like want maybe that like full circle story, but I also think as a person, he yeah. would just like not be interested in that because I think it's like it's in the past, you know, like yeah, yeah, it's behind him. Yeah, uh, people can only go with you in life so far, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just like Demar is like a weird ex that like loved you a lot, <laughs> maybe more than you deserved, and then you like moved on to something better. But then you just you don't just go back to that. You can't go back. No, no one can go back. No. They can't go You've back. You can't forever. go back. No. You've all changed. Exactly. It yeah. wouldn't serve anybody's best interests. Mm -hmm. Um. And like, ultimately, you get back together. You you fight over the same old yeah. things. You know, you, oh, you left the dishes. You didn't wash them. You didn't change like you know the cat litter, or you took a contested mid range shot instead of passing to the corner <laughs> shooter. You know, like you argue you over fall these things. Into all your yeah, your shitty old habits. You don't get to become the people that you should be growing into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no, sorry, no. Sorry, Demar. Wow, this may be really sad to end the podcast. Oh, do another one. Find uh, a find a funnier one. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll look for a good one here. I mean, they're all like Kyle Lowry trades, so it's it's already really sad. Carmel, Get real, guys! Carmel Come Anthony on, on a ten day. Oh my god, it's we're getting it's it's getting tough. We're deep Worst in it. Best case scenario, there's a whole podcast for that. Norm can be our most offensive player this year. That's very sad, and just not true. Pascal is straight up better. <laughs> the Giannis stuff. Oh, that's like. Do you ever worry that something you say about a player might reach their ears and impact their attitude towards you? Uh, I, I don't think so. I, this is this. Is a, Some guys, I love the podcast, but it, the scope of the podcast is not that big. I'm not like Stephen A. Smith. No, but sometimes I think when you're writing stuff, I think like certain players, not like big players, mm. but there's definitely players who have like Google alerts. Yeah, I never had something. Yeah, the rest of the questions are not very uh, happy. So they're not going to turn this around, huh? No, no. So I'm just going to reset the mood by calling you writer at large again. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, but a good seed into basketball feelings. Yes. My newsletter about deep dives into feelings. It's much... very, very good. Okay. It's very, very good. Thank you. But, you know, that DeRozan thing, that would be a great fit for basketball oh, feelings. Oh, yeah, definitely. So All you need is, like, DeMar to take another, like, <laughs> like 2 a.m. Uh, IG story. That he always does. So, yeah. He puts a time code in so many. Yeah. He wants you to know when he recorded the like black screen with a little bit of text. Yeah. Uh, anyway, subscribe to Basketball Feelings. Basketballfeelings.substack.com. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Thank you. It's really, really good. I, I read the most recent one that was on the Hong Kong situation, mm -hmm. which um, I just thought, yeah, the way you wrote about Hong Kong. I, I've actually only been there once in my life. I was like with my parents as mm -hmm. like a very young age and i was probably only there to get a visa or something like that because we left the same day mm -hmm. and i got like food poisoning so my impression of hong kong has always been like that all the food there is poisonous there's no way people should live there no but the way you wrote about it was very beautiful and it's clear that you know yeah you have a lot of sympathy for just the situation and everything yeah. that's going on and it honestly is very tragic everything that's going on there so yeah yeah but you know, ba Thank that's you. basketball feelings. That's basketball feelings. Yeah. Explore your feelings. Yeah. Always. With, with some basketball. Always. So, Katie, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, where can people find you and uh, 
you and, and basketball feelings. Can find well, we talked about where you can find feelings everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at whatevs w t e v s if you like, um, and then I, I kind of like as you mentioned, writer at large, writing around Raptors Republic, um, also like doing a lot of writing for Dime Uprocks. Yep. Um, wrote something there, also kind of heavy about the sh- shelf life of assault allegations uh, in the off season, oh, man. and oh. what happens when we forget about them when the preseason rolls around. So another light read for you. All right. <laughs> this is this is the yeah definitely read it. Um, and yeah, the podcast is over. Thanks, Will. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.